Hey there, welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast about intuitive eating, body image, food and cooking, and helping middle-aged women live vibrant, healthy lives. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an ex-disordered eating athlete turned anti-diet nutrition counselor and body peace promoter. I spent years literally running my body into the ground trying to keep up with health, wellness, and beauty trends. Fast forward past many failed attempts at controlling my weight, years of recovery work, and here I am today. Enjoying a trusting relationship with food and my body and helping you do the same by savoring food in your body. You won't hear any diet talk here, just heartfelt, supportive conversations with a little middle-aged sassiness on the side. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Savor Food and Body. Today we're going to continue with our Getting Started series. I hope you've been finding the Getting Started techniques helpful, but I bet you've had a few questions or two pop into your mind. Maybe something like this. This is great, Amanda, but how much carb, protein, and fat in the Trinity eating am I supposed to eat to have more energy and better moods? If you've been asking some version of that, you are definitely not alone and you are definitely the same as many of my clients when we first get started. And a lot of that is coming from past diet mentality and experiences. So let's unpack that statement for just a minute. First of all, it is totally valid and a valuable question to ask. And secondly, how you ask it is heavily influenced by diet culture. Meaning, if you ask a toddler how do they know how much goldfish to eat or should be eating, they'll probably look at you confused, not because they don't understand the concepts of amounts, but because they don't think about how much they should eat. They just eat until they're satisfied and full. Now those two points satisfaction and fullness don't always come at the same time, by the way. And we'll talk more on that in a minute or two. Point is, we were all born into intuitive eaters, but diet culture has robbed us of our innate wisdom to trust our bodies around how much food we quote unquote should eat. The concepts of how much, too much, enough, they all get tangled up in the ideals about weight, body size and shape, healthism, ageism, beauty, etc. once you get to be an adult. For many of us, it started once our bodies started changing during puberty. And this week's episode will give you more strategies to help you figure out how much to eat of those macronutrients by listening to your body's cues rather than the diet culture noise. So let's dive in. To relearn how to feed yourself as an intuitive eater, it's important to understand hunger and understand it from an intimate level. It's a really nuanced topic and defining the different types of hunger, physical hunger, emotional hunger, and soul or life hunger, they could be a whole nother episode in and of itself. For now, since we're just getting started, we'll focus on physical hunger. Now, I'm a visual learner, so pictures, charts, and graphs have always helped me make sense of more innate concepts. When I learned about the hunger fullness scale from Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, the original authors and creators of intuitive eating, so many aha light bulbs 
went on for me. It made so much more sense. However, there is an important caveat anytime we're talking about using scales when it comes to food. And if you've used a lot of scales or trackers related to your relationship with food in the past, I can imagine that there's some red flags going up for you, as I say, hungerfulness scale. But I want you to know that there is no hierarchy or moral superiority when it comes to the numbers on the hunger and fullness scale. The numbers are 100% there for visual purposes only. So please don't judge yourself based on where your hunger falls on the scale or even your ability to practice using it. There's no failing in intuitive eating, only learning opportunities and practice. So the hunger fullness scale is numbered one through 10. The numbers one through five are the hunger side and five through 10 are the fullness side. And this is how I typically explain the hunger ratings to my clients. Five is neutral, meaning you're not thinking about food. You're going about your daily life, just just living life as you go. Four means you're starting to become a little bit more interested in food. Maybe you're thinking about what you'll like to have for your next meal or snack, but you're still able to continue focusing on your present activity. Three is you've decided what you want to eat. You've thought about it, and then you've decided. You're noticing some physical signs of hunger in your body, like maybe a little twinge in your stomach, and you're ready to stop whatever it is you're currently doing to go get the food. Two, you're likely to feel increased physical sensations of hunger, maybe a louder stomach growling, headache, lightheadedness. You're definitely unable to concentrate on anything else other than getting the food. You don't really care what kind of food, you just need food as soon as possible. This can also be what's called getting hangry. And when you get down to one on the hunger scale, you're totally ravenous and you don't care at all what or how much food you eat. You need to eat now. This is your body saying, I'm not going to survive unless I get some food. This is more like pull your chair up to the fridge or the pantry and start feasting kind of eating. And I bet you know what a one or a two on the scale feels like in your body. That's not uncommon at all. How would you describe your own sensations of ravenous hunger? Just think about that for a minute. You're more likely to know this type of hunger because that's what diet culture encourages, waiting until you're absolutely sure you're hungry, aka starving, before you start eating. This usually happens because you second guess how often you need to eat or should be eating. And it can also happen because life gets busy, the unexpected comes up, and that's normal. But having unexpected primal hunger occasionally is way different than having it most days because you're trying to quote unquote be good and not eat enough to satisfy your body's needs because you're worried about how doing so might change your weight. We'll get to more about satisfaction in a second, but first let's look at the fullness side of the scale. The fullness side of the scale goes from five to 10, something like this. Again, five is neutral. You're not thinking about food. You're just going on with your daily life. A six is you're noticing that you have food in your belly. You're noticing that physical sensation. 
but you're still probably enjoying the taste of the food or might even want to move on to dessert or something to finish the meal off with. A seven, you feel pleasant sense of fullness in your belly. The food is starting to taste a little bit more neutral, not sending off all of the taste bud bells and whistles, but you might still enjoy the last finishing bite or two to be satisfied. An eight, you're starting to feel a little overfull, maybe wishing you had some stretchy pants on, maybe feeling like you need a nap or a gentle walk around the block to help your food settle. And this is an easy spot to get to when the food tastes so good. A nine, you're feeling uncomfortably full, maybe even wishing you hadn't eaten whatever you ate last during the meal. It's really easy to end up here if you haven't been giving yourself permission to eat whatever food you were enjoying during the meal. And that's thanks to diet culture again. The food tastes so good and you might end up in some last supper eating mentality, which me sounds something like this. If I eat all of this now, it won't be here to taunt me tomorrow, so I might as well finish it up. This is also when self-compassion towards your body starts to fly out the window. And by the time you get to a 10, you're super uncomfortable and you're bargaining with your diet mentality. You're beating yourself up for getting this full and you might be making plans for how to quote unquote get back on track tomorrow. When it comes to answering the question of how much Using the hunger fullness scale as a gentle guide can help you learn how to start eating when you're around a three for hunger and stop eating when you're around a seven for fullness. But hear me when I say this, this isn't an exact science and you aren't failing at intuitive eating if you eat outside of that window. This is where practice, compassionate curiosity, and self-reflection become super important. For example, you might notice that if you're waiting until you're a two or a one on the hunger scale, it's easy to blow past a seven on the fullness scale and end up at a nine or 10. In a way, the scale also acts as a visual to the restrict binge cycle. Restricting food or even a type of food when you really want it until you're a two or a one will naturally push you to eat until you're a nine or a 10. That's your physiology saying, I'm so hungry, or I've been missing this food so much. Get it all in me now and don't stop to consider taste, pleasure, or satisfaction. I need this food now or my body is done for. In other words, there's no way you'd be able to mindfully find your last bite threshold if you start eating when you're ravenous. Maybe you've experienced this before. I know I definitely did when I was going through learning to make peace with food in my body and I'd had so many years of restricting food. So let's wrap up this conversation with a bit about satisfaction and the last bite threshold, which is another term coined by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush in their book, Intuitive Eating. Satisfaction and fullness don't always line up when it comes to food, but they can. Satisfaction is another one of those nuanced topics that we'll dive into deeper in another episode. Well, when it comes to food, satisfaction is at the intersection of the food still tasting good, but not amazing, and your belly feeling physically full. You've enjoyed what you've eaten, and now you're ready to move on with life. 
Fullness might happen at the same point as satisfaction, noticing you have a belly full of food, and if you put more in, you might feel uncomfortable. But fullness can also get tangled with diet mentality, convincing yourself that even if you're still enjoying the food, you quote unquote should stop because you should be concerned about your weight or health. Or maybe the diet wellness mentality tries to convince you that you should stop eating because you'll be bloated or have other negative digestive side effects if you keep eating. These scenarios might have you eating until you're only a six and not fully nourishing your body, let alone finding true satisfaction with the eating experience. Finding your last bite threshold is about finding where fullness and satisfaction meet, or at least closely meet within a few bites. For example, you might feel comfortably full and the food you're eating starts to taste more neutral. This might be when you're hitting around a 7 on the fullness scale, but maybe you'd like to finish off the meal with something sweet. So you grab some cookies, have a few bites, check in, and ask yourself, are you satisfied now? Sure, you might be approaching over full by this point, especially if you're practicing this for the first few times or more, but it's still really important to ask, are you satisfied? And if you're not, reflecting on why. Maybe you do need more food. Maybe the eating environment was chaotic and you weren't able to notice what you were eating or if you even liked it, which is totally normal because, again, we live busy, hectic lives and it's not always reasonable for us to be mindfully and checking in with what we're eating as we're eating. Remember, this isn't an exact science. It's an intuitive practice that will get easier over time. To help you get to know your hunger, satisfaction, and fullness on a more intimate level, I invite you to keep a satisfaction journal for about five days, including work days and weekends. No, this is definitely not your typical food tracking journal meant for weight loss. You've likely done enough of those for a lifetime. A satisfaction journal can help you get curious about patterns with when you eat, what you eat, and how you physically and emotionally feel. For example, I invite clients to note these things in the journal. Time of their meal or snack, their hunger level on a one to five scale, before eating, what they eat without measuring, amounts are not important for this, these purposes, their satisfaction level, again using a one to five, during eating and after eating, and no satisfaction isn't part of the hunger fullness scale, so you can just come up with your own definitions of those numbers one to five and do the best you can with rating. You could also rate satisfaction with a smiley face or straight line face for kind of neutral or frowny face for not satisfied, whatever works best for you. And then note fullness level, again, using that five to 10 from the hunger fullness scale. Um, note that after eating. And I think it's really helpful to have a co comment section too, where you can comment on your energy level, your mood, any diet mentality thoughts that pop up for you or challenges that you ran into as you were working through this experience. You might note how the food tasted and any surprises like the food didn't taste as great as I thought it would be, as I remembered from my dieting and binging days, etc. 
it's just meant to be kind of a, a white space for you to reflect on the activity as a whole. You can do this in any notebook, journal, or spreadsheet, whatever fits your style. The point of doing this again is to notice any patterns with compassionate curiosity and without judgment. Not only will this practice help you with the invite all the foods to the table strategy, it will also help with the overstuffed and undernourished strategy. And if you haven't downloaded the six strategies to live your healthiest life and listen to the companion episode 17, what are you waiting for? You can also ask any follow-up questions by joining the Private Saver Food and Body Facebook community. The link is below. And I truly hope you found this Getting Started series helpful. I hope that you take these new strategies and turn them into practices so you can find greater peace with food and your body, especially as we go into the holidays. Remember, life is way too short to not savor food in your body. I hope you have a great weekend. Take good care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop weekly, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. In the meantime, you can get more savor-worthy resources and inspiration by heading over to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G, where you'll find show notes from today's episode. While you're there, you can also download a free copy of six strategies to savor food without guilt. You'll also get weekly emails with insights and the occasional recipe that I don't share anywhere else. You can subscribe today at alpinenutrition.org. And until next time, keep savoring food and your body so you can live the vibrant, healthy life you deserve. Talk to you soon. Background music was created by Stepan Bell. All verbal audio content was created by Alpine Nutrition, LLC.